0: Today's Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 99, verses 1 through 5. The Lord is king, let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim, let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion, he is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he, mighty king, lover of justice, you have established equity, you have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol the Lord our God, worship at his footstool, holy is he. Thank you, uh, Janet, for being our liturgist today. Our gospel text comes from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. I encourage you to stand in body or spirit for the reading of the gospel. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Would you join me for a moment of prayer? Gracious God of the mountaintop, we come here this morning because we long to hear from you, long to know that you're close. So open our ears, open our minds, open up our hearts that we might hear in this time what you have to say to us. We give you thanks that your spirit is here. Amen. Going down is always harder than going up. That's what my best friend and backpacking guide, Phil, told me as we were standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon at the Bright Angel Trailhead, getting ready to go down. It was my first ever backpacking trip, and I was as green and inexperienced as they come. I did not have any trekking poles. And he was an Eagle Scout, and so he was just trying to be a good friend and cautioned me that if I wasn't careful, the way down was going to be a lot more painful on my body than the way back up. Now, of course, I didn't listen to him very well, but two days later, I learned that what he said was absolutely true as we were hiking up and out on the South Kaibab Trail and the only thing that hurt more than my lungs, which were about to burst out of my ribcage, were my knees, <laughs> which had taken a pounding the day before as we walked the 12 miles into the Grand Canyon all the way to the bottom, losing over a mile of elevation. This was my first backpacking trip. I had not trained for this. And my legs were yelling at me. And I learned that the way down is often harder than the way up. Today is Transfiguration Sunday. And this is the Sunday that always comes right before Lent, where the church throughout the world and throughout different denominations reads this same story together. The story of Jesus and his closest friends hiking up a mountain. And it really is an amazing and incredible story. It begins like any hike would. It begins with them probably at the base of the mountain and they're working their way up to the top. But when they get to the top of the mountain, that's when weird things begin to happen. And when they get to the top, seemingly without any warning, Jesus' face changes. And his face begins to shine as bright as the sun. His clothes transform into robes of dazzling white. The text doesn't say this, but I like to imagine that Jesus uh, floats as all this is happening. So I imagine him rising into the sky with his face shining bright and his clothes dazzling white. And in the presence of these disciples, he is transformed. Now this scene, I imagine, looked a lot like this Jesus window does. Jesus in that moment at the top of that tall mountain beaming forth with holiness. Beaming forth with the glory of God. And as His face was glowing and His clothes were dazzling white and as if all of that was not enough, The voice of God chimes in and makes it crystal clear for all to hear what is going on. The voice says, This is my son. This is my beloved. Listen to him. You see, on the top of this mountain, it's not just the transformation of Jesus into the fullness of his divine glory. It's not just about the face shining bright and the clothes dazzling white and the possibility of levitation. But it's where Jesus gets the divine seal of approval. And if there was any doubt in the disciples' mind up to that point that Jesus was who he said he was, I have to imagine that any doubt was cast out when they saw this awesome and probably terrifying sight. It would have been amazing to be there. But the only thing more amazing about this passage, the only thing more amazing than the face shining like the sun and the clothes dazzling white and the levitation is that Jesus comes down. Now, Jesus could have stayed up on the mountain. He could have stayed up there forever. In fact, Peter tempts him to. Peter says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. It is good for us to be in the comfort and power of God's presence. It is good for us to be a safe distance from the danger that lies below in Jerusalem. It is good for us to be here. So let me pitch for you a tent so you can camp out here and stay far away from what lies below. I have to imagine this temptation maybe was a little bit like the temptation you maybe feel on a cold morning in a hot shower. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm in a hot shower on a cold morning, I want to stay there as long as I can. And I know that on the other side of that curtain lies a day full of responsibility and tasks and challenges and it is tempting almost irresistible to just let that hot water wash over me even if just for a few extra minutes so i can avoid what lies for me on the other side jesus could have stayed in the shower forever He could have stayed on the mountaintop in all of his transfigured glory, I'm sure, hanging out with Moses and Elijah, protecting himself and keeping that safe distance from the cross that awaited him. But he didn't. It's a very small detail, one that might seem like an afterthought, but it's actually the most important part of the passage it comes in verse 9. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell nobody about the vision you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. See, Jesus knew what his mission was. Jesus knew why he was sent to earth and it wasn't to stay on a mountaintop keeping a safe distance. Jesus knows that he was destined to reveal to us God's love by doing what seems impossible. By choosing to come down the mountain and to walk towards the cross. Jesus knows, I have to imagine, that He is destined for glory. He is God, after all. Jesus knows that this image here is what He was made for. But He knows that in order to get to the resurrection, He has to first go through the crucifixion. There is no glorified Christ without the cross. There is no resurrection without the cross. And I think it is so easy and so tempting for us to forget that the way of Jesus is not the way up. The way of Jesus is not upward mobility. The way of Jesus is choosing to go down into the places that feel dangerous, undesirable, maybe even a little bit painful. And find that it is there that we can be transformed. Jesus models for us how transformation happens. And if we are to listen to Jesus and follow him, we ought to be willing to follow the trail that he blazed. So often we wish, or at least I will say I wish, that the path of Jesus was one of upward mobility. That it was a path that promises success and power and popularity. I wish that it was a path that would lead us to fill this room with people. To revive the church. But that is not the path of Christ. The path of Christ does not promise success. It does not promise Wealth, it does not promise that we will always be healthy or happy even. What it does promise is transformation. But that transformation begins with a willingness to follow Jesus down the mountain and towards the cross. And if we as the people of God are willing to follow Jesus, down the mountain and towards the cross, we will find that we too are transfigured. We too are transformed. Not into an image of a God with our faces shining bright and our clothes dazzling white. But we will be transformed into the image of Christ. And we will be raised to new life. But you can't experience life while hiding in the shower. And you can't experience transformation and resurrection while keeping the stuff that's real and scary at a safe distance. But if we dare to follow Jesus down the mountain, if we dare to journey towards that place where our hearts are laid bare and open to examination, we will find that the discomfort of the way down was worth it, for the way down leads to resurrection. In in just a few days, we will celebrate Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season. And Lent uh, is many things, but one of the things about Lent is that it is a time for us to do what maybe seems impossible to take time to honestly evaluate our hearts, to repent of the ways that we have sinned, and to follow Jesus towards the cross. And so in closing, I want to just propose to you this question. As we begin this Lenten season, will you dare to follow Jesus down the mountain. will you dare to follow Jesus to the places like New Covenant where you might find unexpected transformation? Will you dare to follow Jesus down the mountain and ask yourself honestly, what within me maybe needs to die in order for me to experience the fullness of new life? Will you dare to follow Jesus down the mountain and find the hope of resurrection? If that seems impossible, if that sounds hard, know that we're in good company and that Jesus did it first, and he shows us the way. Because with every step that Jesus took down that mountain, he took a step closer to you. With every step down that mountain, Jesus took another step towards the pain of our world that we see on the news. With every step down that mountain, Jesus drew closer to our sin, to the messiness of the world. He drew closer even to death itself. If there's anything that Jesus shows us, It's at the path down the mountain. Even though it might pass through the crucifixion, it doesn't end there. The path down ends with resurrection. So we don't need to be afraid of the way down, even if it hurts your knees a little bit. Because Christ has gone first. And he'll show you the way. Thanks be to God. Amen.